You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 48. Here we go. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should do... Hey, everybody, how are you doing this awesome Friday, the taping of this podcast? My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, guess what, that's you, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. Today's topic is three simple steps to retirement. Not eight steps, not 10 steps, not 12 steps, three steps to a simple retirement. Or should I say three simple steps to retirement. So they're not difficult steps, they're simple steps. But before we get to the topic, I want to Thank you for listening to today's episode number 48 of the Best in Wealth podcast. I am overwhelmed by the number of listeners that come every week to listen to the podcast. If you want more resources, please go to bestinwealth.com. There you can click on the 10 steps to a better investing experience. What are these 10 steps? Well, these 10 steps will get you on a path to what real investing looks like. There was a time, a long time ago, when investing was all done the same way. You would either find somebody or do it yourself and try to find mispriced stocks, buy those stocks to profit off of those stocks because you thought the company's stock price was going to go up. That's how it was done. Then this little thing called research and scientific evidence came about years and years later. And guess what? This old way, this original way, it doesn't work very well. In fact, it works quite poorly compared to the new way, the new way of passive index-like investing. And the pendulum is swinging, my friends, because there was a time pre-1970 when 100% of money was invested the old way. Now, this new way, and I don't have the exact number, but around 35% of all money in the stock market right now is invested the new way. And 10 years ago, we were only sitting at maybe 15%. Why? Because people are catching on. People are reading things like the 10 steps to a better investing experience. But it doesn't even stop at indexing. These 10 steps guide you to the other dimensions of higher expected return, like the small company versus the large company, the value company versus the growth company, the highly profitable company versus the not as profitable company. Those are all dimensions of expected higher returns and the 10 steps speak of those. 
So go to Best in Wealth and download your 10 steps to a better investing experience and you will be on your way to the new way of investing, the right side of the pendulum, swinging in the right direction. And as always, if you ever have any questions, please email me, scott at bestinwealth.com. Because these 10 steps are just a primer, but it will help set the stage for you so you can have the greatest chance for success and financial freedom will be well within your reach sooner rather than later. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Three simple steps to retirement. Figuring out when to retire It's not as easy as you think. It's not like the old days when you'd work until you were 65, collect Social Security and a nice pension, live a few years longer, and die. That's the way it was. That is the way it was, but not anymore. This new retirement is much different. We don't have these pensions to rely on. We have to rely on our savings. So when is the best time to retirement? Figuring out the right time can be very complicated. And really, it can only be addressed in the broadest sense, as everyone really has a different ideal time that they would like to retire or want to retire. But at its core, I think choosing the best time for you to retire comes down to just three easy steps, and I'm going to give them to you right now. And I was motivated by doing this podcast by reading an article about this in The Motley Fool. So these are your three steps. Number one, only retire once you have a plan for how you will spend your time and what will give you meaning. Number two, only retire when your financial expectations are in order and you have practiced living on a retirement budget. Yes, I said it here, folks. I said the word budget. Let's replace that with spending plan. That's number two. And number three, once these first two are in place, retire as soon as possible. So I guess I could just end the podcast right now. I gave away the three, but and it sounds overly uh, simplistic, but let's unpack all three of these steps to make sense of them. And the first one, again, only retire when you have a plan for how you will spend your time and the meaning it will give you. Before calling it quits, soon-to-be retirees think they're going to miss the steady paycheck. But when people enter retirement, that is not the greatest negative aspect. The greatest negative aspect is the loss of social contact, as well as the lack of a sense of purpose and mental stimulation. These are the negative things that retirees report on. And these are the things that have the greatest negative impact, not the paycheck. I mean, think about it for a second. Who do you spend the most time with? Who are some of your greatest friends? For most people, it's the people they work with. So jobs aren't just providing income. It's a sense of self and connection to the community surrounding us. Because in retirement, 
we hopefully we don't need that income anymore because then we probably shouldn't be retiring anyway. But since human beings are social animals, we are such social creatures, the importance of our sense of self and social connections will remain the same. They will not change. So think about it. If you were to leave your job right now, what would happen to you socially? Before I started Fortress Planning Group, I worked for the same company for 15 years. I made some exceptional friends there. And a lot of them are still friends today. But honestly, once I left, the amount of time that we spent together was less and less and less. Not only because we weren't working in the same office, but because we weren't planning to do things outside of the office while we were at work. Friendships deteriorated. And I still have great friends from that last job, but it's not like it used to be. I wish it was. So this helps explain why Wes Moss, who's a he's a radio host, an author, and a chief investment strategist at Capital Investment Advisors, he thinks all retirees need at least three core pursuits. And by that, he means activities that offer a sense of purpose and are engaging and intrinsically rewarding. Things like gardening, things like being a grandparent, coaching, mentoring, making art. All of these things could be considered core pursuits. I'm sure you could think of a whole lot of other ones. And in his research, Moss found that happy retirees, that's what I want to be, a happy retiree, have an average of 3.6 core pursuits before entering retirement. And guess what? Those who are unhappy, they have less than two core pursuits. My guess is they're spending a lot of time in front of the TV getting old very quickly. And if you can't think of any core pursuits right now, it's okay. But ask yourself, what's your motivation for retiring in the first place then? Because you're going to become bored so fast. You're going to feel less intrinsic value. Things are going to be less rewarding. You will feel less of a sense of purpose. And you will engage with less people. Let's figure out what those core pursuits are and get after them before we actually retire. This is so huge. I go over this every fall and spring when I'm teaching the retirement class. Our very first section is life planning. And I find a lot of people just haven't given this a lot of thought. They think, I'm going to do my to-do list because you probably, like me, have a list that's a mile long of things you want to accomplish, but it's difficult because the weekend's only so long and you're working all week. So what will I do when I retire? I'm going to make that to-do list go away. But guess what? When it goes away, there's nothing left. There's no more putzing around. Sure, things will get added to the list, but now you have your whole life to complete the list. You need more. You need a sense of purpose, sense of accomplishment. Do not retire until you figure out what some of these things are. I find it very rewarding when couples come into my office after 
completing the retirement course and they're like, man, we talked about this stuff together and we really feel like we're going to do this, but we don't want to spend all of our time together. So I'm going to go do this and she's going to go do that. And these are some of our core pursuits, some of the things that are going to keep us engaged and keep us socially active because we're social beings. All right, that was number one. Let's get to number two. Only retire when your financial expectations are in order and you have practiced living on a retirement budget. We humans, we are remarkably adaptive. That's a a really good thing. It means that even though the vast majority of retirees haven't saved up enough to replace their income, Even when supplemented with Social Security, they still enjoy record levels of happiness, contentment, and relaxation, as well as record low levels of stress, which is awesome. But the adjustment process itself can be difficult. One of the best ways to see if you have your financial expectations firmly grounded is to practice living on your retirement spending plan before calling it quits. Your spending plan in retirement is different than your spending plan now. When I work with clients, we actually work on what their plan is right now and what it will look like once they're in retirement. There are things in retirement you won't be paying for anymore, like FICA taxes. You probably won't be driving as much, especially if your job is a long ways away. You probably will spend less on attire, on clothes, so you don't have to get a bunch of work clothes. You won't be saving for retirement anymore. Your tax bracket will probably go down. But what are the things that might go up? Vacation, vacation spending, each and every year, maybe entertainment, because let's face it, we have a lot of time on our hands. When I look at my checking account, do you know when most of my money is spent? It's on the weekend when we have free time to go do stuff. Well, when you're retired, hopefully there's a whole lot more time to go do stuff. The other thing you want to make sure is that you talk with your financial advisor to decide on the best time to file for things like social security benefits and how to plan for such benefits with your spouse, the role that Medicare will play and are you going to elect part B or part C or part D or all of them and the appropriate level to draw down from your nest egg every year. The other things is if you have a pension, make sure that you discuss with your financial advisor the best option that is for you because on a lot of these things, once you make a decision, you cannot go back. If a lump sum is better to take from your pension and you elect to take it, you can't give your money back and annuitize. If you elect a certain pension option that might give your spouse 50% of the benefit that you get now when you pass away, how will that affect the long term? By doing this, by practicing the budget, the spending plan, you can spot problem areas while you still have time to fix them. Like before you even make the elections, you can also begin the process by adjusting to what your level of comforts will be for the next couple of decades. When you're getting on a new spending plan, I don't know about you, but when me and my wife do, it takes a couple of months to really fine tune it and get it working properly. 
Better to fine-tune it before you actually retire than trying to figure out things after you retire. This is critically important, and both one and two are all should be covered in your comprehensive financial plan that your advisor has developed for you. That's why we have a plan. When you start a business, you should have a business plan. When you're getting ready to retire someday, you better have a comprehensive financial plan because really all that is is a business plan in and of itself. I, I know that this is this doesn't sound personal, but we are all operating our family business. We have money coming in and we have money going out. It is a family business. It should be treated just like you have your own business, financially anyway. Practice up, people. Practice before you actually press the button of retirement. All right, what's number three? Once these two are in place, retire ASAP, period. I don't even like the word retirement because for way too many people, it means not doing anything that you'd normally get paid to do. It's a pretty limiting outlook. And as there are lots of things People like to do regardless of whether they get paid or not. Instead of calling it retirement, let's call it financial independence. Because financial independence means you get to pursue what matters most to you, but you get to do it on your terms and on your pace. So if you love what you're doing, but you don't need the money, keep doing what you're doing. If you do not like your job and you do not need the money, What are you doing? If you are able to retire at 40, awesome. Go for it. Every single shred of evidence says you'll be better off for it. If you have steps number one and steps number two in place, it's time for financial independence, friends. I have a nephew. I asked him a few weeks ago because I knew he was saving a lot of money for retirement and really taking this money thing seriously. And I asked him, how much are you saving? You know what he told me? 31% of his income. Man, to most of us, we're thinking, man, that's crazy. But to him... I think he's got the taste. I think he's got the itch for financial independence. I mean, if you're saving 41% of your income like he is, and you're as young as he is, I think he's about 25 years old, maybe 24, you're going to retire when you're 40, 45. That doesn't mean you're going to sit around because you're going to be going after your core pursuits, the things that drive you, the things that make you happy, the things that give you a sense of purpose. Because we're not going to be on this earth very long. Oftentimes we think we'll do stuff tomorrow or the next day or we'll save more next week or next year. And before we know it, we're 65, 70, 80 years old, 90 on our deathbed saying, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have saved more. I wish I would have pursued a greater purpose, my core pursuits. Do you want that to be you? 
If you do start taking the steps today, develop a plan and then start reaching for the stars, baby, and start working towards your financial independence. You will feel better working at a job that you don't love so much if it's for something bigger and better. If you have any questions at all, anytime, please email me, scott at bestandwealth.com. Until next time, I want you all to have a great week, and I'll see you where? On the flip side. See you. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance with compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.